Hey, this is Saul Cruz, and I am the SoCal-Spanish Coordinator. This podcast you are about to listen to is our latest installment of our hyphen conversations. Our guest is Pastor Anthony Bailey. We hope this blesses you. introduce our honored guest speaker who's going to be interviewed right now by our section two hyphen coordinator logan mccorkle can you give uh, brother anthony bailey a hand all the way coming all the way to socal with his ministry i invite you guys up praise god Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated. My name is Logan, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I just want to get right into this. Um, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm nervous. <laughs> okay? I'm not even going to lie. I'm nervous. But uh, we're going we're gonna to move with God's spirit. Um, okay, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Brother Bailey, in... About a minute, can you give us a quick snapshot of your life? Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and uh, a little bit about yourself. I have a big mouth. I really don't need it. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. I'm surprised to see you here, but I'm glad you came. And uh, hopefully you are highly caffeinated. If not, we're passing out five-hour energy drinks at the door. <laughs> um, how do you how do you sum up 44 years in 45 seconds? Um, I was born in South Carolina. My parents were church planners in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where I was born. But when I was three, we moved to Rockford, Illinois. Rockford is um, outside of Chicago, Illinois. So that's where I now live and now pastor a church. Um, I've been married for 22 years and have four children. I got married young, found the one I wanted, and God, thank God she said yes. (laughs) And I haven't asked her since. (laughs) One yes is all I needed, so... um, uh, but uh, so we pastored there, lived there. We have four children. Our uh, children's ages are 19, 17, 13, and 11. So um, anyway, that's that's kind of a snapshot of my life. Wow. Um, all right. Well, I have a a question that I think is uh, I, I'd like to ask a lot of preachers uh, because they've been to a lot of different conferences and. Uh, visited a lot of different churches. What would you say is the funniest thing that you've ever seen in a church service? Well, the funniest things do happen at church um, at the wrong time. I don't know if you're like this, but I can't not laugh at something. <laughs> when it's funny, you got to laugh, right? So, I, you know, I used to try to stop it, you know, and everyone's like, now I just laugh and then move on, right? So, you know, I don't, I mean, I've had some crazy moments, um, personally. I've ripped out pants preaching. That was a little awkward. Uh, didn't know it, and then, anyway, so that's, um, I don't know if anyone else knew it, no one ever told me. 
I'm not going to ask. Um, <laughs> uh, we had a, so we had a guy um, that came into our service one one day with a Burger King crown on, and he walks up into church and he's got like this tank top. I can't remember. I've been trying to remember this morning what was on his shirt. It was some funny message, but we're sitting there and it got kind of quiet. You know, one of those quiet moments, and we hear our and a Dr. Pepper opens and he just starts down on Dr. Pepper. Just, you know, kind of funny things like that. Um, we had a guy one day stand up on the front row of the choir we're singing and he stood up on the front row on the pew and he starts pretending like he's leading the choir and the choir director didn't see him. And so the choir is just laughing and the choir director's getting really ticked off because he's like, trying to have a move of God here and you guys are messing around anyway just you know funny things like that we had a guy one time who was feeling really energized and really going to worship God and he was going to take off and jump off the platform and run the aisles and when he jumped off the platform when he landed he broke his leg <coughs> so I don't know if he was in the spirit or not the evidence <laughs> is the rod in his leg we also had a lady uh, coming, we baptized her and she was getting out uh, of the baptistry and I don't know how it happened, <laughs> um, but it's not funny, but it's funny. Uh, she fell down the steps and broke her leg coming out of the baptistry and the church is going nuts and having a good church. and. Um, we're calling paramedics and they had to come get her. She was stuck in in this place and they had to come. She still had her baptismal robe and everything and it's February in Rockford, so it's like 20 degrees. And anyway, yeah, it wasn't funny, but it's funny now because <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't know, they're, they're, I could go all day. So that's the funniest things that happen. I don't know, you see a lot of funny things, but. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll absolutely. hush with that. <laughs> um, Okay, in this I'm a little disturbed, sorry. I'm just a little disturbed that all of my funny stories are really kind of tragic things. I have a really <laughs> sick, it just hit me, I have a sick sense of humor. Sorry. I may say some things, I don't know, I'm tired and highly caffeinated too, so <laughs> this may be a session to remember. <laughs> all right. Oh man, that's too funny. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, on a little bit of a different note, um, <laughs> uh, in in this in this world and in this day and age and in our society, um, the world defines success in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, how would you describe or or define it? <coughs> um, so that's. A loaded question is it um, can have different answers for me I believe bottom line success as a Christian bottom line is pleasing God I, I, I mean if you distill all the other answers and I, you know I don't I know there's multiple levels to this but let's just start here at the bottom line the baseline is pleasing God that's number one. The reality is nothing else matters. Yeah. As Christians, yeah. nothing else really matters. Yeah. 
So when you have that kind of as the baseline, then we can build from that. I would add to that, I believe, of course, number one is pleasing God, but the two words that I carry with me to determine my success is faithfulness and fruitfulness. Am I faithful and am I fruitful? Because sometimes we can use faithful as an excuse for not being productive. Well, I'm faithful. Yeah. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You know, well, I'm still holding on. I'm not, but I'm not fruitful. So I don't think God is necessarily pleased with people that just hang around and call it faithfulness. I think we have to be faithful to our calling, faithful to our mission. And so when we do that, I believe that produces fruitfulness. So I think, you know, we, number one is pleasing God. And if we are doing that, I believe the, the outgrowth of that, the fruit of that is faithfulness and fruitfulness. That's, that's the most distilled answer that I can give you today. Absolutely, and following the will of God and what he wants for you is definitely uh, definitely the most important thing. Right. Sure. So, now, all right, sorry, I may cut you off. Right now. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to make your job really hard today. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Crash course. Um, that being said, um, I think you can find a really good-looking wife that's godly and be successful. <clears throat> I think you can get a great education and he's God and be faithful and fruitful. Don't abandon <laughs> your, your dream of, of a career. You don't have to abandon that and say, well, I'm just going to sit at the church and please God. That's, that's great. But the reality is, I think our mission causes us to, to kind of go out. I don't know if I'm communicating this clearly enough. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say is, you know what, get an education, get a career, that, that God is not against you being productive in your community, <laughs> being a good citizen, okay, he's not against that, <laughs> um, so you can have all of that in the context of pleasing God, so live your life with that filter, and I think you can you can do all of these things, live a normal life, um, and yet fulfill the will of God. The will of God for you may be, and we're gonna, we may get to this later, but the will of God for you may be to be a CPA. Well, if you're going to be a CPA, guess what? You need to go get your education. You just show up. Well, God called me to be a CPA. Here I am. <laughs> well, that's great. Be faithful in your calling, but get yourself to class. <laughs> all right so i hope i'm communicating that i don't know if i'm making sense to you in my head it's clear yeah. <laughs> all right so i i just think you know that there's a time for both be a spiritual person but also keep your feet planted on the ground and and do the things you need to do in this life that's going to set you up to 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 get through life and be a blessing to god's kingdom all right sorry yeah, well i mean god has given us tools to advance the kingdom right you know, they're there for us to use and they're there for right. us for it doesn't have to be either or it's both and yeah that's what i'm trying to say yeah. that's good that's good stuff um okay well uh 
I think this is kind of a good segue into the next question then. Um, how old were you when you first felt uh, you first felt called to go into ministry? Yeah. So uh, act like you haven't heard this in the next session, okay? <laughs> because I felt prior to seeing these questions, I felt to share a little bit of my story there. I was really young, okay? I was 14 years old when God first called me to preach, and it was a very uh, extraordinary uh, occurrence situation. Um, it was so undeniable, uh, and so I was 14 and struggling uh, with all of it, and uh, I have an older brother who's five and a half years older than, than I am, and he was not living for God at all. In fact, moved out of the house and, and was doing his thing. Anyway, I just was struggling. I went, we used to have these, I don't know if you guys have them out here, we had youth rallies back in the day. And so uh, there, was, there was this church, it was way out in the country, like out in the cornfields. And so we went out there to, uh, uh, somebody's calling me, I didn't turn my phone off. <laughs> I'm so tempted to answer this right now. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, if you haven't noticed, I'm a little ADD. <laughs> um, so anyway, went out there and God spoke through Brother Daryl Johns. You may, may not know him, but um, he spoke through Brother Johns to me. And Brother Johns met me in, in the aisle. And he spoke some prophetic things in my life that set me on a course it was just undeniable, and I'll I'll spare some of the details here. But um, so many things happened that I, I I couldn't run away. I had to deal with it and confront. So that was the beginning of my preaching ministry. Um, so that was thirty years ago, guys. Thirty years ago um, is when all that unfolded, and here I am today. Who would have ever thought I'd be here? Uh, I was, you know, I was always the drummer, okay? So that was, I grew up the drummer um, and played all these events, doing all this stuff. I just, you know, that's, that's, that was my comfort zone. That was my talent, and that was my comfort zone. And then God's got this great sense of humor, and he calls me who, I, you know, I'm very, to be very honest with you, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but I'm very shy uh, by nature. So doing this right here without God helping me, I can't do this. Now, that's a very scary but a very safe place to be. In the hand of God is a safe place. Okay? So I've learned on this crazy journey of ministry in my life that God keeps putting me in, in places and in front of people that I, I'm not qualified, gifted, talented enough to be doing what I'm doing outside of God's hand on my life. Now, God uses our gifts. God uses our abilities. But I say all that to say, you know, inside I'm a, a pretty shy, I, like when I walk in a room, I'm going to find the corner. I'm going to find the back corner. Now, there are other people, they're going to they're gonna march right up to the front and they don't care, right? When I was in school, if if I even if I knew the answer, I wasn't going to raise my hand because that mean I have to speak. Okay, that's that's who I am. At, that's who I was at the core. 
okay? So when God called me to preach, you can't just stand up there and just stare at people. You actually have to talk, okay? I was scared to death to do that, and I'll tell some of that story a little bit uh, next session, but that, that was my beginning. So if, I don't want to step all over what I'm feeling really strongly. It's burning in me today, but is that don't disqualify yourself if God has called you. Um, so, and sometimes what we think are the qualities that would disqualify us are actually the things that qualify us. My inability to speak clearly <laughs> in front of people, you get me in a conversation, my brain goes faster than my mouth, and I'll, I'll stutter sometimes, and I, I have to stop mid-sentence, and I have to just close my eyes and try to think clearly, okay, how can I say this clearly? and not make a fool of myself, okay? That is me outside of <laughs> this type of context where his anointing just helps me do what I, I feel like in my summary, in my uh, gauging at, 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 at my flaws and my uh, weaknesses, I would say I shouldn't be doing this. God says no because you can't rely on what you think is your strength. And when you rely on me, uh, when you're weak, I make you strong. Am I making sense with that? I'm not saying God can't use you in areas of your strength. I believe he can. But when he does, it's easy for us to think we did it. So when God chooses to use us in areas where we feel we're disqualified, it kind of puts us in that place where we are so completely dependent on him, he gets the glory, and that's the goal. <clears throat> so that's how it began for me, okay? And so, you know, it was a unique story. Um, I was really the, I was a weird deal. <laughs> I still am. Um, so I don't, you know, it's just a thing, a different thing. So I didn't, I, I just started traveling and got open doors. I was traveling full time in my teenage years. I'd go back to school and, and preach and travel all summer. I'd go back to school, get home the day before school started, go back to school, preach on the weekends, do different things all summer long. And then when I was 18, I hit the road traveling and I came home, found my sweetheart wife and Lived happily ever after, I guess. That's that's where how it began. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. Um, Sorry for a really long answer to a short question. That, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know you mentioned a little bit about being a little bit uncomfortable in what you were called to. Yeah. Um, what other kind of struggles did you face um, on this road to get to where you are when you were when you got to our age, to our hyphen age, and um, as you started to progress and, and move forward in, in your ministry? Um, here's what I feel to say. It's okay to be spiritual. What I mean by that is, now I know there's... This is going to be probably seem like an odd answer to that question, but I'll get. If sometimes you ever heard the phrase, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
in my experience, there are very, 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 very few people like that. Our biggest problem is not being so heavenly minded with no earthly good. Our biggest problem is we're so earthly minded we're not heavenly good. Okay. I was, I'm not going to project myself to be some super spiritual in the sense of I didn't like, I love to have fun. I love to laugh and mess with people and play practical jokes. Our house is a crazy house. It's, I mean, if you have thin skin, you won't make it in our house. <laughs> Smack talk, trash talk. We, I mean, can I say this? But if we play Uno, somebody's cheating trying to win. <laughs> and so we, that's just fam house rules, okay? House rules. I'm not saying cheat, but I'm just saying house rules is, you know what? The best cheater wins. <laughs> Anybody else have a house like that? No? Only the preacher today. That's nice. <laughs> I'm just saying, and it, you know what? We're always just, just getting on each other. I mean, it's. It's a fun place. We love to laugh. So I don't want to project this image where, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'm fairly normal. <laughs> um, but it's okay to be a young adult and be spiritual. It's okay to be 19 years old and have a prayer life. And it doesn't matter what anybody says or what they think or what they do. Don't be intimidated to be intent in your relationship with God at this age. Amen. Amen. I, don't, I know maybe, again, I have, I've had struggle. I'm not perfect. I've had to repent. I have to repent every day. Something I say. <laughs> Something I thought, something I did. I'm not saying, sure, there are temptations. Listen, if you're, if you're a male, if you're in this age group, you're going to have struggles with sexual temptations. I don't want to make it awkward in here, but that's just the reality. If you're a female, you're going to have temptations. I'm not saying I never had those. I'm just saying in the context of what was most, what I struggled with the most was, Anthony, God has called you at a really weird time, early age. This, you're some weird thing. It's not about you. It's about him. Embrace that. Don't make excuses. Don't dumb it down. Go for it. And let God's destiny be fulfilled in your life. Amen. It's okay to be spiritual, guys. Amen. It's okay to walk with God. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. I don't know. That's. I just. I. I know. I. I pray, man. I, I don't want to come across as trying to be like, oh, I'm so godly. Okay. But on the other hand, someone said this to me. Uh, a couple years ago, I was talking, I was said something, and we were just having a, a personal conversation, and I said, well, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. And he looked me in the eye and said, Anthony, what's wrong with being spiritual? <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> okay. So I guess... What I, I just feel this strongly for somebody here. There are many answers I could give you, but I feel like that's the answer that somebody needs to hear in this room is that 
Um, some people are going to struggle with a lot of different things. There are some people in this room right now, and you are feeling a deeper call, and you're struggling with that right now because you feel the tension of, but that really makes it weird. <laughs> um, and I will say this, you don't have to be weird to be, to be spiritual. <laughs> you can laugh at a funny joke and be spiritual. All right? So anyway, I better just leave that there because I'm going to make a mess for everybody. But that's, let's go with that answer for okay, now. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was very, very good. I, oh, thank you. I think it, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I th you're like this guy's weird. <laughs> um, I think uh, another question to add on to that is, you know, with the struggles that a lot of the things that we can face um, in this generation with social media and everything that we have, mm -hmm. um, what would be your advice to overcome that? And how, how did how did you overcome it in, in your in, in the time of your life um, to to propel you to where you are now? Um, so as I was looking at this question that you guys sent, uh, one of the things that was talking about just the influences in your life um, and the importance of, of being submitted to godly. Um, influences. So, number one, you have to filter out the noise. Uh, social media is making it. Now, when I was your age, we didn't have social media. <laughs> um, so it was a little different. Yeah, I'm old. So, but in our time now, my kids, raising kids in my house with social media is a whole new ballgame. For you, it's normal. For people like me, it's like, oh, okay, how do we adapt to this? I would just say to you, you have to filter out the noise. What do I mean by that? You don't have to follow everybody. One of the greatest features of social media is being able to hide people or whatever they create, block people. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, you are in control, and I'm maybe off the topic, but I think I'm a pretty good one here. Um, you are in control of your diet, if I can say it that way, when it comes to that stuff. So, you know, you have access to a lot of different voices. Everyone now, because of social media, gets a voice. So you have to be careful which voices you're allowing to influence your life. Because there's a lot of people that are only on social media and that kind of stuff just to stir the pot. And they keep you all stirred up all the time. Right? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So it's all this negativity. It's all this, I don't know if this is right. You know, just all the bickering and all the stuff. It, you need to, can I just say this? You need to filter that stuff out, man. Because man. it's going to impact you in ways you don't even realize. If that, and I know we all do it. Sometimes, you know, it's the first thing you do. You pick up your phone. You're not even out of bed yet, right? We all use our phone for alarms and all this kind of stuff. And the first thing you do is check out social media, Instagram, whatever. And that stuff influences your life in ways you may not realize it. So there may be more negativity going on in your head before you even start your day. 
than you realize. Okay. Secondly, I would say, do not silence the voice of your spiritual leaders in your life. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, now, my dad was my pastor. My dad is a very strong personality, type A. When I say type A, I mean like type triple A. <laughs> okay? Um, he was not afraid to tell you <laughs> if you were wrong. Now, sometimes as young adults, we really kind of curl up when somebody confronts us about, you know, what is wrong or whatever. I would say this to you, and I, I wrote this down, just a couple things, because I want to make sure um, that, I, that I said it. The first thing is, is don't despise correction. Amen. Yeah. We, we have lots of inspiration around us. You can get on YouTube and watch every preacher you want to watch. Okay, you can, we have access to all this stuff. I'm just going to tell you, you may not like it. I don't like it. I don't like being corrected. I want to do what I want to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't despise correction. It could be your salvation. Yeah. 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 Amen. Um, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Now, there's this, there's a scripture that has just bothered me you ever, you ever have that like you read scriptures like oh man I don't ever want to have that happen in my life so and I want to read it to you because it's I could I just feel it's important Romans chapter 1 and it's um, verse 24 so it's talking about these people um, verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, etc. And then verse 24 says this. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. And then it goes on to describe that. Here's the context. God gave them what they wanted. And in doing so, it was judgment upon them. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen in our lives is for us to get what we want. And in doing so, we reap the judgment of God on our life. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too heavy here. But the reality is, thank God. Now, you're not going to like it. I'm not telling you you have to like it when it happens. But thank God for corrective voices in our lives. <clears throat> and so um, for me, how do I deal with all the voices? I always compare it to what does God say? What does the word God say? And um, silence out those voices that aren't in alignment with that. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I'm, I'm just babbling at this moment. But that's where I'm at, okay? Even as a pastor, where I am in my life, um, I still have to do that. You, you never get to the place where you, you, you stop doing that, okay? So you have to filter out, silence those voices that are uh, 
and speaking against what you know is true. And then when there's correction, embrace it as hard as it is because it's, it's going to get you where you want to go. Man, well, that was, uh, that was very long. I think you, I, I think, <laughs> no, that was, that was answered absolutely perfectly. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, um, you know, the will of God isn't always comfortable. Mm. It doesn't always feel good, but it's always good for us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether that's the correction that God has put in our lives, I think like, um, it's always orchestrated and put together in his perfect plan. Mm. Um, I think, uh, so is it all right if we jump into the will of God at this moment? Absolutely. That question, can we talk about that? Yes, sir. Because, um, have you ever struggled with the will of God? I have. Not to hijack your question, I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. Um, this just is something I'm really passionate about. Um, <clears throat> I've often prayed, oh, God, let me know your will. Have you prayed that? Oh, God, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. Um, so when it comes to the will of God, here's where, here's where I fall when it comes to how to know the will of God. How many of you are in that place right now? You're struggling with something. You're like, I, God, what is your will? Anybody besides me? Okay. Okay. Some of us are. So here's how I deal with trying to find the will of God. Number one is I have to maintain my walk with God. You are always going to struggle to know the will of God if you don't have a walk with God. Okay. So what happens is sometimes we try to delegate <laughs> that, that process and that lifestyle of walking with God. So, you know, we all have, you know, some people that we trust, they walk with God. And so if we're not careful, I say it this way, I don't, it makes sense to me, it may not make sense, but it, it, we subcontract that out. Like, you know, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire this guy out because he's spiritual and he prays and she talks to God. And I know she, I know she's a good woman. She loves God. She's a woman of God, a man of God. So I'm going a, I'm to a kind of do my thing and then I'm just going to kind of lean on them to give me what God wants me to hear. Um, can I just say this as lovingly as I can? Stop depending on other people to tell you what the will of God is. So the first thing is, walk with God. <laughs> if you're binging out on something that is dishonoring God, totally against biblical values, and then you come to church, you know, all Saturday night, and you come to church on Sunday morning, I want to know your will, I want to know your will. I was like, okay, walk with me. The best name, you know, and so I hear this a lot too. Sorry, I'm going to ramble for a little bit, but um, I get this too. You know, I need a word from the Lord. You ever heard that? I need a word from the Lord. Now, there's a place and a time for that, and that happens, okay? I believe in that. People have come to me and given me a word. God's given me a word for other people. I believe in that kind of stuff, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking against it, but I'm not depending on somebody else to give me a word from God when I can go directly to him. Not, I don't have to go through anybody else. Yeah. I can know him. I believe he'll talk to you. You believe that? He'll talk to you. How does he talk to you? Many ways. Through your thoughts. 
I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I have absolutely had him talk to me in my thoughts. <clears throat> now, God's never going to tell you to do something that is contrary to what he's already said in his word. He's not going to contradict himself. Right? He's not going to tell you to marry somebody else's husband. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. So the reality is he's not going to contradict himself. So he's going to speak to you through different things, your thoughts, through his word, all that kind of stuff. But most of those things will not, you will struggle with that. It will be blurry. It'll, it, it, it'll, it'll be tough if you're not walking with him personally. So, so for me, that, that really is the crux of it is walk with God, know him for yourself, um, and, and I don't have to delegate that stuff to other people. Now, do I seek counsel? Absolutely, that's biblical. Do I ask others for, for advice? Yes. Sometimes is it easier for others around me to see things maybe I'm not, we're human enough that sometimes it's unclear. Okay, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I'm struggling. I've got so many voices. Okay, let me say this. Don't ask everybody what they think the will of God is for you. Okay, so when, when you're trying to find out, okay, you know, whether it's a career, whether it's a, a, someone you're going to date, maybe uh, it's, you know, whatever it is in your life that you're dealing with, you know, if you keep asking a bunch of people, you're going to get, you know, you ask five people, you know, ten people, you're going to get 20 answers. Now, it's just all these opinions and voices, and now you can't, that's why you got to be careful that, that when you're seeking the will of God, you speak to godly people who you can trust and that, that are confidential. Am I, am I making sense with this? Because I've, I've done it in the past. You talk to too many people about the same thing, and if they're going to, and now someone's going to say this, and, someone's, and you respect them all, and now it's like, don't, don't leave your pastor out of that. There's a place to have conversations with your peers, but the problem is, is they're probably in that same season of life. Okay, so you need somebody that's been down that road that can help say, okay, I have a different view, I have a, I have a, I have a higher level view of what you're dealing with, and they can see some things that maybe you don't see right now. Okay, believe it or not, I was 19 once. I was 22 at one point. All right, I look at things now. I almost have a twenty-year-old, so I look at life differently. Your pastor, or whoever it is that is your spiritual leader, needs to be your pastor. But if there are other, just make sure you you speak to people you can trust, and not just to your peers, because they're all probably going to have different opinions and different voices, and that's going to get real confusing. Okay, so narrow the voices that you're allowing to have influence in your life. Walk with God, build a relationship with God, be in the word of God, and then have just a very few people that you allow to guide you through that process. Okay, that
that is going to eliminate some of the confusion. I'm not saying everything is always clear. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? Have you been there? Okay, I have. What do you do when you don't know what to do? If, everyone say if. If, if you've been walking with God, if you've been in the word of God, you honestly call out to God and you don't have any clear sign. And I'll be real honest, this is generally how it happens for me. I wish I could tell you I always have very clear direction. I don't always have clear direction. I don't because I'm human. I, the, there's times that I haven't heard any voice. I don't have any, no one's called me in the middle of the night with a word. Nothing like that's happened. That's when I rely on my relationship with God and the honesty of my heart, and I do just what I feel after prayer is best. And I ask God, God, please help me. If this is a bad decision, let me know. But I'm going to do my best. And here's what I believe. If you approach things that way, you may make a mistake, but I believe God always has a way to guide honest people back to the right path. Have you ever made a mistake with some of this? Have you? I have. But you know what? I'm still here. Because why? Because somehow I submitted and I repented. I said, God, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to get it wrong. If you have a pure motive and honest heart, I believe God will guide you. He'll get you back to where you need to be if you miss it. I hope I'm clear on that. If you miss it. I think God will help get you back to where you need to be. So I'll, I'll hush at that. Man, that was, that was really great. That was very powerful. Um, well, uh, I think we're going to close it there. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for those answers. I know a lot of them really read my mail, so that was, that was pretty good. Um, but uh, thank you for coming. Um, and uh, Can I close by just praying over these absolutely. amazing people? Absolutely. Um, I want to pray. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone that's in this room today. I sense the presence of the Lord in this room. There are honest young men and women that are sensing a call, a deeper call, the pursuing that. God, I pray right now that you would clarify things in their life confusion, things they don't understand. I pray for clarity in their minds and their thoughts. I pray for courage. I pray they will not bow in the face of all of the craziness of our culture. God, I pray that they'll live submitted to you. You have called them for, you have designed them for this time. And I know that you'll empower them. Use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please consider rating and sharing. God bless you.